This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. On Monday, August 30th, I had the chance to interview Gabe Lyons, founder and president of Q Ideas. If you want to learn more about Q Ideas, who they are, their conferences, their media, check out the show notes on today's episode. We had this conversation as part of a series of episodes you've been listening to where I got a chance to talk to the faculty of the 2021 Child Discipleship Forum. We would love to see you at the forum. And if you stick around to the end of this episode, you're going to hear an invitation from Melanie Hester to the forum that, let's just say, if it doesn't motivate you to attend, I don't know what will. I start the conversation with Gabe asking about how he and his organization landed on the phrase, think well to describe part of their mission. Thank you for listening. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. It's so good to be with you, Ross, and we just love everything that Awana is doing, partly because I personally was so impacted by Awana as a child. So huge impact on my life and my family's life. So thank you for letting me be with you. And yes, you're right. I mean, our work, Q Ideas, we've been around 16 years now trying to gather Christians to be thoughtful, informed, to better understand the issues that we're all navigating in the world today and to bring a posture of um, being humble. And and we we see that in the ability of being curious. We believe we all do better when we ask questions, when we seek to understand, we seek to listen. Um, But it's not enough to just hear people's opinions you have to think well about it so for us thinking well means you know what you believe you know kind of this worldview at the core of like what what is true how how things ought to be um and you recognize when those things are being uh in some way confused manipulated perverted uh distorted so that it's less clear what we ought to do uh and so thinking well means to both understand what we believe is true about the world how the world functions, how issues come up, how justice and injustice moves forward, uh, and then be able to apply that lens to everything that we encounter in life. And, and what we're encountering this year, obviously, we wouldn't have been prepared for. Um, right. And so the way that we think doesn't necessarily change. It's just the current issues change. And we try to put it through this filter of like, what does it mean to biblically think well about this particular topic and issue, and then to advance good. That's the final part of our mission. Stay curious, think well, advance good. It's not enough to just pontificate and talk about ideas, but what are we doing about it? How do we mobilize? How do we work together to to not only make our lives better, but actually to ensure our neighbors' lives, the communities we lead in, that everybody around us is flourishing because they've come to know what is true and what will bring life. Yeah, that's so good. And actually, that actually transitions perfectly into my next question. You must be a podcast host. But the if you are not familiar with Q ideas, whether you're here with us live or you are listening to the podcast later. Um, I would highly encourage you to check out the show notes, wherever you're listening, check out Q ideas, become part of that community. There's a, there's a cohort that I would love to hear you talk about towards the end of our conversation, Gabe, about uh, really just growing a place like this. I genuinely believe that, that y'all have sort of carved out a unique place in the kingdom that is so needed, especially for such a time as this. But you mentioned how advanced good is such an important part of your mission, because otherwise would it just be all of us pontificating? And us here at Awana, we are obviously heavily invested in the future of the faith, but it feels like a relatively new conversation. As someone who has existed in what might be called like a thought leadership place um, for you know 16 years, longer than that in some of your previous endeavors, you're an author, you're a speaker. Uh, is that a new conversation for us? How have you seen this idea of the future of the faith and specifically around our kids play out in the course of your work? 
No, I, I think you're right. I think this has been a refreshed conversation to think about our children. And, you know, so much so, you know, when we started Q Ideas, I was 27 years old. Um, I was, I think Rebecca was pregnant with our first child. I mean, we were about to have our first couple, nice. couple of children in that season. And, you know, you're, you're in a different phase of life at that point in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Then when you move through your thirties and then you get to your forties and, and as a leader at the stewardship of these children, these teenagers, um, you've lived enough life to not just have a philosophy about this, but you've lived in the real world of conversations. And I have with mm. my children to yeah. appreciate the difficult conversations parents are having every day, but then to also even statistically understand how much the earliest years are going to form a worldview are going to shape the way in which they view the world, view who they can trust. And if we're not willing to engage some of these difficult conversations earlier and earlier and earlier, when they're coming at our children, unfortunately, they're coming at our children earlier than they probably should. But because that's being forced upon our children, it now means we as parents must double down, must Mm. do the work to try to understand how to navigate this with them. And that means some difficult conversation. I mean, I think when my my daughter was four years old, one day she's sitting in the back seat, we're driving, you know, somewhere we lived in New York city at the time. And I remember her, her pointedly saying, if God's a good God, why is there evil in the world? You know, this is like a four year old. And I'm going, (laughs) wait, the problem of evil question. I mean, this is like, don't I get some time as a parent to figure out, the best book for her to read. And yeah. it was like, no, she wasn't going to read a book about this. She's asking her dad a very simple question that I then had to immediately be able to respond to again with humility of some of this, I know doesn't make sense, but let me tell you the story of how we got here. Um, and so I just think as parents, I, I think it's incumbent upon us to do some of this deeper work and places like Awana are, are helping make it easier for parents who are mm-hmm. busy, quite honestly, haven't been getting the discipleship type training, maybe that uh, you would hope that they would have received or that churches we wish were doing more of. Uh, but in a, in a society where many people are running on fumes, they don't <laughs> have a lot of time, they haven't been able to process it. We need partners. And so we at Q Ideas have just said, look, we wanna emphasize the next generation more and more. Much of our audience is having children. They, they understand this, this opportunity that they have and this window is very short. And so we want to be as intentional as we can and help equip them to know how to engage some of the more difficult conversations that we'd rather avoid. But if we avoid them, trust me, YouTube, Google, their friends, uh, every other you know content form yeah. is coming at them to fill the vacuum. And so we can't leave that ground open. We must, we must take that ground. Amen. And that, I mean, that's such a beautiful, and you know, I have a five and a half year old and a two year old. So a terrifying story for me personally, but that's a separate issue. Uh, Example of the exact kind of tension that you're talking about, because, you know, we talk about how screens disciple, but really it's this truth of your kids are being discipled. Your kids are being discipled and you get, as a parent, you have to choose to take that ground. I'm going to get that phrase tattooed on my arm, but that reminds me of you know, this tension that I sometimes feel that I think listeners feel, which is this feeling of being overwhelmed in the moment while trying to build for the future. I would imagine as you're engaged in this, you know, analysis space about uh, the shrinking of the church or the breaking down of the family. I mean, Q Ideas does not hold back on any specific topic. Uh, You guys engage in such a thoughtful conversation on what people are talking about, what people are hoping to hear. The way I'll ask the question is just how do you manage that tension with your own kids? 
because it's, I would imagine you come home from work sometimes and you're just overwhelmed about the future they're living into, right. <laughs> but you still right. got to be their dad. You still got to show up for them when they ask those kinds of questions. Like how yeah. have you found success in that? You know, I've, I've struggled with that at times. I mean, sometimes I do better than others. In fact, it's just funny that you're asking. Cause I feel like it was just Friday night that I'm sitting around <laughs> the dinner table with uh, three of my children and Rebecca, and we're having a conversation about the state of the world. And my daughter who's 16 says, you know, every time we talk about this, I get anxious and I, mm. I don't sleep well that night. And can we kind of tone it back a little bit? And it was a bit of a rebuke. And Rebecca was right there with her, just like, hey, we've got to like cut this off. Like there, I, we know the work that you do, dad, invest in thinking about the future, preparing for that, building even, you know, what some describe as parallel structures in the mm -hmm. midst of a world where we're all consumed with the current structure. But how are we as gospel people partnering with God to build the kingdom. I get really energized by that. I don't go to bed with fear at night. It's not something that keeps me up at night. It's something I feel very called to, to pursue. And yet when I think about my children and the fact that they're having to get exposed to too much right now, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't designed for this. I've been uh, reading this summer. I read a book by um, Neil Postman and it's called building a bridge to the 17th or the 18th century. Um, and I, I, I was with, I believe it was Mike, we were having this conversation and, you know, he talks about the fact that we've lost childhood and, and that, you know, the 1700s was this time of the world where we decided to protect our children, that we were going to educate them. We weren't going to force them into labor too early. We were going to create this little moment in their world that they could start to imagine and dream and learn and get educated so that they could contribute even more to the world as they got older. And Neil Postman in this book in 1997, what he warns is we're, we've, we're losing childhood because of all of the digital discipleship that's happening, right? All the content, oh, wow. all the information. And our children are being exposed to conversations that a five-year-old should never be exposed to. You should never be having to explain to your seven-year-old what a same-sex relationship is, quite honestly. And I, I had to do that. We lived in New York City. We were was very aware with our neighbors and all of that. So I'm having to have conversations at a younger age for a child that's still just developing worldview and, and trying to think about things. And so you're having to explain, you know, same-sex relationships before you're even talking about, um, uh, heterosexual relationships, right? right? right, so right. It's, it's catching you early and you as a parent are having to navigate that. That's an example of we're losing childhood. And so my encouragement to people listening, those who have the opportunity to kind of shape children is it's okay to be very aware of that. You might be accused of your children are naive or your children are living under a rock or whatever it might be. But in a world, the world that we're in, where we're inundated with information, our children should not be having to think about or exposed to. We as the parents have to try to create those boundaries. And so I'm, I'm saying that to myself because I'm from Friday night dinner, having a conversation with, with my 16 year old, like dad, you need to edit it back. I need a boundary in here. Yeah. Even though I'm a teenager, even though I'm, I'm, I've thought about these things and you've talked about these things for years, like it's reaching a point for me that I, I need your support to kind of give me some space on some of this. And so as a parent, I guess I'm just trying to navigate that every day myself, edit some of that. <laughs> but I would say for me personally, because I feel so called into it, I, I don't, I, it, it's a burden I carry, but one I carry really with joy because it yeah. feels like such important work to be doing. Um, and I, I really understand and believe that the more we pursue uh, and get curious about the world, 
we discover that the way God's designed things to function is the best way. And it leads to mm -hmm. people experiencing freedom, experiencing life anew, experiencing flourishing instead of fear. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm motivated to do that because I know how much it sets people free. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much there. I wish we had uh, 30 hours rather than 30 minutes. So what, one of the things that I want to zero in there though, is in that moment with your 16 year old, even in that moment you were telling about with your five-year-old, that wasn't dependent on you having the exact right answer or the exact right protocol. That was dependent on you being what we would call a loving, caring adult and you allowing space for your child to feel like they belong, that they were heard. And I would imagine that when you talk about advanced good, that Q ideas, and we bring this down to a kid level, you know, we talk all the time about the power of belonging and how vitally important it is for kids to feel like they can be their full selves in this cultural moment. How has, I'll ask the question of just, you know, when you are looking at what we would call like the church of 2050, when you're looking that far ahead to the future, how do you navigate the urgency of this work you're talking about with the, uh, that feeling of being overwhelmed? Like, how do you keep sort of motivating this conversation? I ask because I'm thinking about the local person who's listening to this, who's leading kids, who's just really trying to get their senior pastor to be invested in child discipleship in a way that they haven't seen in their local context. Yeah. How do you begin to shift that mindset? Because I think it's really valuable for people who are listening. Well, I think in a world that's confusing, I mean, uh, it's in second Timothy, I believe, where Paul writes, you know, I'm ever learning, mm. I'm never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Right. That, yeah. that when we recognize that we're all learning a lot, but, but our job with our children is to help them come to the knowledge of truth. It's not just information. Um, information creates a lot of chaos and confusion, actually. What actually starts to help people is when you can classify information, which is knowledge. And, and, yeah. But we as Christians, we have to move to the next level, which is not, not just knowledge, but wisdom. You know, and I think of the Old Testament passage that talks about looking for the ancient paths, rediscovering the ancient paths. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Calling all moms. This one is for you. Join us September 9th through the 11th in Nashville for MomCon. And when I say join us, I mean us. Awana will have a booth at this conference and we would love to see you there. MomCon is the conference you need to reignite your faith, passion, and love of all things motherhood. Come as you are and leave a little closer to who you want to become. Get your tickets now at mops.org slash momcon. That's www.mops.org slash m-o-n-c-o-n. So to simplify this, I guess for, for a leader who's leading children is to go, what are these... What are these uh, principles of wisdom that are going to surpass 2021? They're going to still exist in 2050 that I want to build into children and how they think yeah. about other people, right? How they understand everybody's made in the image of God. I mean, let's, let's get down to these core beliefs and ideas about what it means to be human, what it means to think about a kingdom of God operating in a world that the enemy has a lot of power in and a lot of control over what's happening and it all sifts through God's hands, but yet we're supposed to advance God's kingdom ideas. So how do I teach children kingdom principles, not yeah. just how to do the right thing or, or not to lie 
or how to kind of manage their sin, which I think is the easier thing we, we try to do, right? It's, it's simple. We give them the rules. It's like the 10 commandments. I mean, God did that for a reason. It was kind of, okay, I got a list. I'm going to yeah. do that. But I think for the world we're walking into, we want to empower our children to start to see kingdom ways of living and life and a, and a new framework for what it means for them to be partnered with God, to be launched into the world, to do his work. And so um, maybe the maybe the, the conversation with the, the leadership of the church as we think about our children are how, how are we instilling some values that no matter what the new issue is in 2030 that we're asking questions about or that we're faced with that we just can't believe we're even having to talk about this in society. What are the, those principles that are going to undergird um, a resilience? And you guys yeah. did such a good job of writing about resilience, but how do we start building resilience now in teaching our children how to do hard things, how to be responsible for things, um, how to not just get caught up in a world right now of consumption, mm -hmm. uh, entertainment, of, of not developing these skills. And, and I talk a lot about this and I'll talk about this at our, at our time together um, at the event coming up is, you know, we've stopped critical thinking and, and we, we need to teach our children at the earliest ages now to know how to think critically, to be healthy skeptics, to know how yeah. to ask good questions. Uh, that's missing right now in even early childhood development. It's missing in our public education and private education, many of our private education systems. Um, and yet this is the essential quality for how we know a human being is going to be able to function well in a world that's got a lot of information coming at them and discernment is going to become key. Yeah. And I think what I find so valuable about Q ideas, what I find so valuable about ministries like yours is it provides space in a way that often feels inaccessible in other contexts where I can come to a Q ideas talk, or I can come to a piece from Q media to get, to begin a conversation, to begin answers, knowing that I'm not going to get, you know, here's this one really specific polarized viewpoint that there's a, you guys embrace the sort of the journey that so many people are on really, really well. And I think when I think about it in the context of a local leader and, you know, I think about advanced good, there's that difference that we were talking about of whether giving someone rules versus child discipleship, because child discipleship is advancing good. It is giving kids the tools to thrive in the culture, regardless of what the culture actually looks like. Now you mentioned the forum and I want to, I want to sort of talk about the value of community because when you, you know, at the ripe, at the ripe old age that you were, when you started, you guys could have leaned into a sort of digital only space. You could have leaned into um, a gathering of, you know, just connecting folks remotely. And yet you chose to put value in community. You know, we're doing the child discipleship forum. Awana is famous for having local ministry conferences. This is the first uh, swing in a long time for us to bring sort of a national audience together. What was the value for you in coming together in a community? Because I think for folks, especially coming off this year, the temptation is to lean back. And if you need to, for budgetary reasons or COVID reasons, like fully embrace and come into the child assumption forum online. But if you have the option, I want you to be there in person. And you are someone who could probably speak to the value of that in, in a unique way. Yeah. Well, Ross, I mean, we, for what, 13 years, we didn't even, we didn't even offer an online version of our mm. national event. I mean, when you were coming to our culture summit, you had to be in the room. Um, because we weren't going to live stream it. We weren't selling live stream tickets. You know, that only happened when COVID forced us two years ago or two events ago to, to go that route to, to where now we, we offer both, but I still prefer the in-person. And, and the reason is, is when you, 
when you do have to take the time to come show up somewhere and you sit with other people, this isn't about just information. It's not about just content. It's about sitting with other people, wrestling with very similar issues and learning from one another and starting to build friendships that last a lifetime. People that are part of our Q national community, there are friendships that began 15 years ago. And every year this happens that they become friends for life and they become people who are on text threads and are encouraging one another and sharing articles with one another and continuing to like keep the growth going. Um, so if you can get here, get here. Um, don't take the pass of like, I'll just watch it. I'll, I'll get the information and I'll hear about it. We, we, we have too much information. We don't need yeah. it. What we need is uh, communities that are thinking alike that are willing to challenge some presuppositions, but also to encourage one another and say, Hey, we're aligned in this. We're together. We're going to stick together in how we think about developing our children and discipling them. And I think you'll find that when you participate in the forum, because you're going to find people who are as equally committed to these conversations as you are. Um, and the power that comes from you connecting in person, eye to eye, having a dinner together, a lunch, just, just getting to experience some other people uh, from around the country thinking about these things. I think for the future of the church, this, these kinds of gatherings are becoming more and more important. These physical yeah gatherings in the same space uh, are going to be essential. Yeah. Well, and you guys have sort of launched a gathering within a gathering within the context of your cohort. And I apologize if that's not the correct terminology. No, that's right. Can you, can you speak to uh, the, why you guys are offering that, what that is for people who may not be familiar? Cause I know that they might still be able to sign up. Yeah. We're doing uh, for the first time something called the collaborative and it starts in September, September 30th, where we're having leaders participate in an eight month journey with us where every month uh, in kind of these two week uh, moments, we're having this group gather virtually uh, to have these conversations. Um, the conclusion is at our two day Q event called the culture summit where right. we will be in person. And then some of these groups will meet in person throughout the year but what we're doing is we're bringing together um, panels around the most important conversations and topics, things like identity, sexuality, uh, justice, um, you know, polarization. And what we're trying to do is create a community over eight months that we're going to lay out our track. Like this is what we're going to learn. But we want to what we want to do every week is apply that to every current issue that's coming your way. And we know mm -hmm. for most leaders, that's what's difficult is the issues are hitting they're responsible to respond, to, to help lead people. And they don't always have a trusted community to go to, to navigate that. And so we're trying to create that space to say, hey, let's just have a journey together. We're going to all be in a private censorship-free kind of space to communicate. We're going to have threads going. We're going to be able to share information with one another. What we're trying to do is arm and prepare and equip leaders who are on the front lines uh, to not feel alone, to not have to navigate these issues without the best expertise. And so as people have come to appreciate with our Q ideas events and culture summits and Q media is we do try to assemble very thoughtful believers as well as some non-believers who are experts on current issues to help us think well, to be informed, to have a posture of curiosity and humility as we try to lead others who are equally confused right now. There's a lot of confusion. And for Christian leaders, you don't need to be confused. Um, mm -hmm. You get confused when you're isolated. When you just have like these two people you're talking to or texting, it's like, no, we need some more people in the room. We need some yeah. expanded ways of thinking about this really critical moment in our culture. And so people can learn more about that at qideas.org slash cohort. And they can see all the different people who are participating, all the mentors that are going to be a part of this with us. It's just going to be an awesome experience. We're kicking it off as well in person September 30th uh, here in Nashville. So people have the option to come be with us in person if they can. 
but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that journey. Yeah. Uh, that's really exciting, man. I think it's just a, it's a really valuable thing and it's, I'm going to be chewing on the idea of Christian leaders don't need to be confused for a while. So thank you for that. Um, I want to transition back to the forum with the couple minutes that we have left for those of you who are here with us in person and, you know, uh, Melanie, as Melanie said in the beginning, like tickets are still available, save your seat today at child forum.com. But, uh, Melanie, as uh, you hop back on here, I think you're still here. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, that worked out well. Um, is what did I miss? Is there anything that you feel like Gabe specifically is bringing to the forum that you want to make sure people know about? Oh man, I think that that conversation is something that we could probably listen three or four times and consistently pull things out that will help us to just, I think you said, Ross, what did you say? I think I'm going to chew on that for a while. Right. And as that's just so like, so true for where, where this is leaving us thinking. And, and I think the ending is just really sticking with me as well, Gabe, your, your connection to that piece of, um, Hey guys, like this is the culture that we live in. And as, as Christians, we shouldn't be confused because we do have both the word of God and his spirit to guide and direct us in the age that we are in. And so I guess the, the thing I want to leave you guys with, as we just close this out is that at the CDF, we're going to be specifically talking about what it looks for like for us to really just sit in the fact that we live in a post-Christian culture, right? Like gone are the days where, where many of us, not everyone, but many of us saw our, our faith, our church, our, our church culture feel very in line with what our environmental culture looked like of what, what this, this just country's culture looked like. And as that continues to spread, because I think that Gabe, you, you touched on that conversation you said you had with your seven-year-old child of like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that we were going to talk about homosexuality before we talked about heterosexual so many of us are there. I'm, I'm raising my hand with my son, right? Like we're all there. And so for those of you who are watching, like, let's, let's begin to settle into that. Now we live in a place where we're now going to be able to separate very clearly culture and the word of God. And so may we lean ourselves to the word of God, because that is where the clarity and the strength lies, because the confusion only comes when we take our culture and we allow that to be the lens in which we interpret our spirituality. And so come to the CDF, engage in opportunities like the cohorts that, that Q is putting together, because it is in those moments that the spirit of God is going to move in his people. And then God continues to build the kingdom that he started long ago and just happens to use us in this specific season to keep building. So we're going to go ahead and throw in a link to the Child Discipleship Forum if you have not registered to this point. Um, but, but please come join Gabe and Ross and I. We would love to see you there. This is a time for you to step up to the plate. We are all confused. Let's move from confusion to clarity through the power of God's word. Gabe, thank you for being here. Ross, as always, you are just so great to listen to. Thank you for joining us today. And I hope you guys have a great week. See you at the forum. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. 
Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album, Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week.